Hello, welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG-related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here. Ryan? You changed things again. I know. For the better, I hope. Yeah, it's it's... It's better. I'm just, you know how I feel about change. Yeah. I'll be knocking my water onto the floor <laughs> uh, as per our contract. That's fair. That's fair. I understand it's right there in the language. And Scott? I agree that this place is objectively better. It's also like 30 more minutes away from my house. Well, just, you know, suck it up there, buttercup. I mean... I'll also maintain eye contact while while the entire the, the entire, entire time. time I'm destroying your house. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, uh, as they have all alluded to, I have moved, um, and thankfully this hasn't really interrupted our scheduling too much. Um, if you're hearing this, this should be going out on the normal time on the normal feed. But I have moved to a bigger, better place, which is great. I have a lot of plans for it, and it's going to just get better from there's, here. There's no foam on the walls yet. I don't even I don't even believe it. Yep. Well, yeah, I had to get even more foam. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get a decent amount and I had Patrons, to do all this. Thank you. Patrons, yes. <laughs> for, for the foam. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if it's not think, a bad idea. If you wonder what the money gets spent on, it's the foam. It's the foam. It's just the foam. That's what we can afford. And cables. Uh, but we've actually, we've 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 tested this rig out before, previous. We play, recorded another episode of Shadowrun. Yep. Uh, and yesterday. If you th- and if you think things were bonkers before, patrons, you should be a patron. It's getting pretty crazy. Yeah, you uh, really should. You want to see how gonzo this, this, uh, this Shadowrun adventure will go? It's, it's getting pretty big, guys. Objectively, it's my fault, and I understand. It really, it really, really is. But I feel, I feel like I'm running out of options. Spoiler: I got hit with a tank shell. He did. Matt did get shot in the chest with a tank shell, so that's why I felt I needed to put a little hitch in my giddy up. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and I was I was stalling, but then you had to throw my Wolverine spirit at a, at an orc at a troll. Why not? Um, I don't know because you're an inferior race that doesn't <laughs> Anyways, process things if you want to, like my superior elf brain does. <laughs> Instead of spoiling the entire episode by rehashing the entire argument again, <laughs> why don't people become patrons for only one dollar a month, Ooh. and you can hear all the insanity? And, and you'll be in the pipeline to start hearing our our uh, new series that is currently in recording, uh, Aeon. And we're getting tons of backlog of that, so we're gonna have plenty for the showcase to everyone. Uh, where the 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 shit hits the fan soon in that. Uh, yeah. The last uh, session that we had was really, really cool. Uh, yeah, we're I'm getting we're getting directly into the weird world of Aeon now. I got real tired. You like, did, yeah. I, they tired me out, guys. Being the psychokinetic guy, that's a tough. That's a tough. Yeah, you got to carry the heavy loads. Literally, yes. The tough. <laughs> I mean, the biokinetic can do it when there's a physical load, but when you're s- screaming through, you know, open air. You want your you want your telekinetic. What we're saying is one dollar a month gets you all this extra content. It's going to be great, and I promise you, uh, the patron only content we're recording since we're not doing a live stream is going to be choice supaishi. Yeah, uh, There's it's going to be, gonna be yeah. Uh, so again, one dollar a month, Patreon.com/slash Polyhedron, and this will be the last time we mention it until the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the outro. But let's talk about some news. There's a little bit of news on just, the way. Just a touch as the obligatory. Congratulations to whatever RPGs Kickstarter just got funded. Uh, speaking of which, there actually was one. <laughs> I know. There always is. <laughs> there, there always is. is. Uh, to all the people that have successfully backed the Kickstarters they have promoted, congratulations. But we have to shout out one right now. Uh, Onyx Path has uh, officially backed their 
Geist Second Edition, mm-hmm. uh, which looks super rad, super cool. I'll make sure to put a link in the show notes for everyone if you are interested. Take a look, go over there, take a look, back it, give us some money, get some cool content because you know those guys over at Onyx Path are solid. I want to tell them. Can I tell them? Can I tell yeah. them? Can I tell All them? right, now we have the big news. Okay, big news. Got Ryan it. actually has news, everyone. Yeah, I, even though I mean I received the same email they did. But <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're going to be at Dragon Con. We got a panel. With some other, with some, with some live players. Yep. And can we tell them the subject? Nope. Nope. Can't nope. Tell them nope. The subject? Nope. No other details. No, no other details. details. We're gonna be a Dragon Con. Yeah, we're gonna we have can't a tell lot. you the time yep. or what we're gonna be talking about, but we're gonna be there. We're working. Awesome. The, the big kicker is we're working on the schedule. The details are very, very fluid, and they have asked us not to go into too much detail. So because we don't want to get everyone's expectations up too high and then dash them, I would hate to do that for anyone. I don't wish so, to dash their hopes quite expertly, but I will mm-hmm. dash their dreams. Well. Dragon Con is a place where dreams go to die sometimes. <laughs> Indeed, no. They do. But the great news is we also uh, are at Dragon yeah. Con. This is going to be super fantastic. We are super hyped for this. And I'm it's- really hoping the other live players have a way bigger, you know, have a big turnout. So at least we get some people. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. I know. We, you, I know we, 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 I'd say we're very low on the totem pole, but we're very, very humbled that Dragon Con has allowed us to get on the panels with them and really be able to get our voice out to a whole bunch of new, uh, new audience. One thing I can definitely say is we will have a bigger turnout than Momo. <laughs> well, won't be sure. one would hope. <laughs> won't be one a.m. in the morning. Thank, I do appreciate MomoCon for letting us there. Oh, but absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was. I had a super lovely late. time. I had yeah. a lovely time at MomoCon. Yeah, it uh, but it will be great at DragonCon because we'll. Uh, I will be there the entire weekend. Ryan will be there the entire weekend or most of the weekend, mm-hmm. and so we can. I know I'm going to do a whole bunch of podcasting panels, so I'll see everyone all around there in the Hilton because that's where I'm staying and that's where all the podcast stuff's probably going to happen. I will be in that room also. Yay. So I'll be around. Yeah, so when Happy we can bro. tell you more details, when those have been finalized, we will definitely shout them out yep. and let everyone know what's happening. It'll, it'll be in an episode. It'll be on our tweeters. We're gonna uh, we, we actually may, it. actually, it'd be totally cool with us probably doing an episode just before that one to talk about con games. That'd be and like, cool. And just do the con di- games. The difficulty of con games. Yeah. Yep. Oh, they're so hard. And running them and designing and designing them because we'll we tried have, to do that and we'll that's not as easy as you think. We'll have to talk about Darkon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, we're not going to talk about that tonight. We're going to go right into the main subject, uh, which uh, Scott brought up to us. Yeah, so um, I just had a, had like, basically it's sick GM grinds, like <laughs> dirty dirty tricks uh, that GMs can pull. Uh, not so much in like the, the bastardly way, but in like the productive, like fun way. Um, How to make everything fun and make it look like you did nothing at all. Well, no, you're exploiting the fact that you have absolute power. Life hacks. Yeah, basically life hacks. Uh, Now... Now, I would be remiss uh, if when when broaching this topic, I did not sort of uh, uh, front load the the granddaddy of this theory, (laughs) uh, which is, of course, John Wick. Hashtag Wick Dick. Yep. Um, Hashtag Wick Dick. He he has his uh, Play Dirty uh, series of books and videos. Uh, and basically that, that's, he, he kind of, uh, he, he didn't pioneer this concept, but he sure did a lot of work on it. Um, it's way it's, less actually sexy than it sounds though. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's not, you, he, he frames it as, you know, being a dirty bastard and, and whatnot, but it really is using the fact that you as the GM or the storyteller or whatever moniker you want to tag onto it, have absolute control over the reality of your space that you're you're doing and how to use that in a way that furthers the story that engages uh, uh, the players 
both in an empowering and an occasionally depowering way uh, to to make the story more compelling and more interesting to 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 pump that immersion you. Yep. Um, and like I said, he's got a couple of books that goes into his personal stuff. Uh, there and a lot of them are really cool. A lot of really brilliant. I will probably link in the show notes yeah, either absolutely. the book or the, at least the YouTube series mm-hmm. that it's based off of, so you can guys can go more de- detail if you're interested. A- absolutely. He he has a it, he has a number of stories and whatnot. But so I just thought we would talk about that topic in general. Maybe talk about some things. So. Uh, I'm reminded that one of the, one of my my biggest tricks that I played, uh, it was back. It was one in my first big Aeon game, uh, which none of you were involved in. Uh, none of you at the table were involved in. Um, uh, and I uh, I put them in a situation where they were uh, they they had like basically an enemy Scion mm-hmm. was messing with them, uh, like a a bad guy Scion, quote unquote. Uh, and they basically got into a situation where they just got the ever-loving shit kicked out of them. Uh, like, they, they, they got, I, I didn't, I pulled no punches, I kicked the shit out of them, uh, they basically got imprisoned, uh, in, in, like, they had, like, side-dampening collars on them, they were in, they, 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 they were on the train to Fucktown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like... Not the good train. Not, not the good, not the good train. No, not the fun train. Uh, but anyway, so... Uh, it was when they had all been basically like when when the the fullness of their fuckitude had been unveiled to them. It's at that point that I rewinded time uh, and said, OK, so remember that thing that happened a few games ago where you were talking with that where you, where you were talking with that aberrant. That conversation actually lasted a little bit longer than it did in actual play, <laughs> uh, at which I revealed that this whole scenario had been set up ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But like that, that they and and that their players knew that they were going into the situation where in in order to get where they needed to be, they had to appear to be, um, to have their asses handed to them. Okay, you oceans uh, eleven them. Yeah, I ocean elevens them. Uh, I, I actually, I if I, if I recall correctly, this this came out of what this this was around the time oceans eleven came out. And it it was yep. inspired by that, uh, and so this the the enemy scion was actually working with them, uh, and and they basically got they basically they they basically got monologued into the into the headquarters of the bad guys, where then where then the the bad guy scion undid all of their side dampening collars, and they proceeded to kick the shit out of the bad guys, right? Because they were vulnerable, because they thought they had defeated the defeated the heroes. Interesting. That's a that's an interesting perspective because they all, but. In some respects, that's a little. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm analyzing it. Right. That's a little deprotagonizing because since they legitimately got their asses kicked mm-hmm. and they were in a tough spot, but you hand waved them freedom. Um, slightly yes, but it, but it, it, it was it was protagonizing to the characters, not necessarily to the players. Okay, that's uh, fair because. Because it this was them being clever all along, yeah. Uh, them and them being like willing to commit to selling their them getting their asses kicked. Um, so so it 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 was a way of, but I I I believe it was worth it because it did provide them that moment of. That moment of. 
it was a genuine twist. It was a genuine right. twist that they didn't see coming. Well, that 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 had a sort of cinematic flair to that, it. That's general. I mean, I will say that I have in all of my time, I've been I, you know how long I've been doing mm-hmm. this. No one's ever pulled one of those on me. Yeah, I've never seen that before in a in a tabletop setting. That would have enough. been a very interesting. Ex- like a cool situation for me to be in, mm-hmm. but also would like a very mixed bag of emotions yeah. because I'd be like, well, we didn't earn it. We didn't earn it, quote unquote, but we did earn it in play, but we didn't out of play. But it's sort of like, but it would have lifted my spirits because I would have, oh, we got defeated and now we got to figure our way well, out. I mean, but a- now I have a bit of hope. Like, okay, well, I can. Well, well, it's the idea of this was the plan all along. We right. know, but you, ha- okay, so we all know. In every game, every RPG that has ever existed, no matter what venue you're in, there will occasionally be, and I'm sure we've talked about this, that fight you're gonna you're, yeah. you're meant to lose. Mm-hmm. And usually an experienced player at that at this point in anyone's role-playing career could be like, they can smell that a mile away. So personally, like if you pull that on me today, mm-hmm. like if you're like just totally kicked my now, okay. Inglorious bastards, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, notwithstanding, because of what we're up to and what we're doing. Like, if that happened to me today in a long running campaign, I would be waiting for the twist, mm-hmm. you know, be waiting for what this was all about, right? Which it's okay. Like, if part of the game for you is like, you know, the growth as a character, occasionally yeah. getting mm-hmm. your, I mean, occasionally getting your ass handed to you is fine, it, it's gonna happen. Either by GM deciding it's going to happen or GM making a slight miscalculation in a CR. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, it happens. Uh, uh, yeah, which is – this is why I'm really interested in, in getting uh, some playtime on Blades in the Dark because that mechanic is baked into the system. Right, right. but the, it, um, it, and that works in Blades in the Dark because it's it's there. It's mm-hmm. it's The player can go read the book and go, okay, that's, that's in the system. That's how it's designed to do, mm-hmm. whereas – Aeon, yeah, it's, that's not a, that's outside not a, very specific powers, especially well, in the newer yeah. edition. It's not really baked into yeah, it. Well, I mean that that's a, that's an example of. I mean, and any any GM can do this in any game. I will right. say that in Unknown Armies, that is a major charge from Cinemancy. You nice. Could, I could, well, no, that's not in the book. But I'm like, if if we're in the new Unknown Armies setting and Cinemancy's your your jig, and you have a major charge, it's like. I would 100% allow a player to be At like, Ocean's Eleven? To be like, actually, this was Ocean's Eleven the whole time. <laughs> and you just get to dictate. Well, that, that, that would empower me more as a player mm-hmm. because I'd be like, the player did it. The mm-hmm. GM didn't fiat it. Right. I mean, we've seen, and that, and we'll say, like, the, 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 the you know, play that back, reverse it, mm-hmm. you know, mechanic, great in tabletop. Right. Really damn near impossible to do well in a LARP. I think I pulled it uh, off. No, we did it. No, you we've have told, We've told that story. But you have yeah. to, it has to be way planned in advance. Yeah. Not, it would have to be way planned in advance like that was. What I'm saying is the player just being like, nope, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Reloading the save. So like, that's an example of, of a GM fiat and building that into as part of the story mm-hmm. and the sort of metaphysical structure of what we were dealing with. If you want to know, right. we're talking about the fracture story where we got to relive, relive an entire day at a LARP because we happen to have four days and not three. It was actually really well done. And so I guess that's where the difference lies is it is part of the metaphysic because, but uh, I guess if you were really trying to tell that kind of a story, it's fine. Well, it was, I think my, my reasoning behind it was, it was very inspired by Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. It, it was the it was the notion of well, it's, and it's also the idea of you know the the um, 
the relationship of player and audience in a role playing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know that it, it 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 allowed the characters to t- get one over on the audience that were the players. Yeah, which is uh, a really which, unusual situation in which your character gets one over on you. Yeah. Which that, that's, that's, that's a whole that's, other that's conversation. We can I love have. that shit. Yeah, I, I, I love any moment where wherein a player can legitimately like turn his head around slightly and see something out of his peripheral vision yeah. to like say like maybe I'm being puppeted by a greater <laughs> force <laughs> like it you, you have to be running a very specific type of game to run that stuff but that sort of thing like I would love to have that kind of experience myself I can understand that I can re- and I re- well, again that's still a very valid tool in the GM mm-hmm. toolkit to use I, I mean, think one you can't it, you, you have to like trot that out on some people who don't don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. like, very unexpected. Like it was never wasn't. And in that respect, you didn't get. You gave no hints. Oh, absolutely. That not. that was going to happen. Well, Therefore, it was a legitimate shock. And, and that would actually, like, in this particular tool's case, you could actually have like the asshole right here pointing at myself, being like, "Okay, what's okay? What's the twist? Like, what's the thing?" And that that's was the happen? kicker at the fractured story. Um, where we started figuring it out mm-hmm. late in the game. The we're like. Wow, we're and actually, slight sidebar, side mm-hmm. note on this. That was a moment where I could go. I I am in a game. Mm-hmm. I Matthew, I'm in a game. This can't. I had to. I stepped out of myself, out of my character, because I looked at it and go, there is no way that they are going to shit on us this yeah. much at a game. This this will make the player base, the players, riot. If this is legitimately real and it was revealed that it was all illusion, but it could have been real. And we were like, okay, now that we get well, the, get, we're in on the joke. That's where you have to be like, okay, as a player, I have to decide whether my character is smart enough to like put the pieces together about mm-hmm. what's going on. And, and some of us were like, we, we were able to a, negotiate a it in play. Of, like from the outside objective perspective. The pieces were getting put together. You, no one ever got the full picture together, but you knew that enough shit was happening to, yeah. It, we were like, "This is very peculiar," because it, I think it was like well, very late in the evening. We we're all, towards the towards the evening. They were like, every single thing that we had, every iron we had in a fire, just went to shit. Just went to pot. Just complete garbage. Every, and I'm like, there's from from our characters' perspective, two like, years of effort. How can this? How can this be undone so fucking quickly? Well, and you, you, you also knew that there was a, a force in the world specifically that thrives off antagonizing and foiling and turning your victories into into defeats and whatnot. The Underwood, yeah. the Underwood Court. That's 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 the. Well, we knew that that's where the pieces were starting to mm-hmm. connect. Well, most of us were just like, listen, we all know. We get the big, the big nasty throbbing thing up our you know wheres mm-hmm. pretty often here, but we don't get them in this rapid succession. <laughs> we we, we, we've told this story yeah, like yeah, a yeah, couple yeah, of times yeah. now. Yeah, but but stuff. but if you want to go back, I'm sure it's like it's probably like ten or fifteen episodes yeah, ago. Yeah. Next we told it trick, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think going on to another sort of trick that I have done is. Matthew pro tips. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, uh, mm-hmm. not that pro. This is a pretty simple one actually. Is Always, as a GM, let your player sell you on an idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this may go into, this could be a whole other aspect of talking about jamming. But generally, like, if you think it's a cool idea, and it co- sort of makes sense, because I personally love it when my players are like, I know this about the world, I know this about the world, and I know this about my character. 
Can I combine these in a unique way and go, hey, this, I want to do this, and this is my reasoning. This is my justification for doing it. That's and going, idea, may I kick time? Yes. Yeah. You may mm-hmm. kick time. <laughs> yeah. You know sidereal martial arts? You may kick time. Yes, you kicked in the thought the idea of an entire army out of existence. I in fact moved them into a big hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then moved myself. I had always already been next to their commander. But yeah, sidereal martial arts are broke as fuck. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's just the idea of it's I want to always empower my players no matter how because that actually gives me sort of a justification a feeling of justification at least to go hey I can be rough on you because mm-hmm. I'm totally willing to just run with your ideas well, and, I mean, and the, get yourself out of that situation and, and the, the the sick grind on that is you you make it seem like that was the plan all yeah right uh, let, yeah. Let, letting table chatter that's the, inform that's your the story. shicker on top mm-hmm. letting table chatter inform your story that mm-hmm. is the sickest grind of I, all. actually that's a good one for for Ryan because you were saying you didn't have you don't aren't a GM very often I have GM'd I mean I back in the the days of your in fourth edition I did do a pretty long game but it was very on rails mm-hmm. I didn't I had a story to tell it was very sophomoric of me mm. but. And I recently ran a Everyone's game. Everyone's got them. But it, but it, it, that fell off just because of time. Yeah. Well, it's just letting table chatter inform your story. It's, it's yeah. like your players are going to chit chat about what they think is happening or what's going on. It's going to be right in front of you. You'd be remiss if you didn't. I mean, it never hurts when you didn't know what it was going to be to make it that thing they said and make them feel smart every once in a while. Yeah. Or if, if they legitimately come up with a better idea. Or if it's way cooler the way they said it. <laughs> no, and, like, oh. Oh, that's way cooler. That I mean, is totally You, you, should, you should always, like, pick it up, put some polish on it. Yeah, twist, spin it. Twist twist the, the knobs a little. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. That, I mean, okay, golden nuggets of purest genius don't just fall out of the level five barbarian's mouth all the time. That's true. No, they do. No, no. They do. They I do. am genius. <laughs> yeah, I am genius. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah, that's also like another idea is just, what's the saying? Uh, don't create, they steal. No. Uh, GMing is, uh, the, the quote that, I, that I, I've heard is, GMing is 90% creative theft. Yeah. Uh, and it's 10% uncreative theft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what you can do is take their idea, polish it, Re, put a new skin on it mm-hmm. and bada bing bada boom you made a cool idea that incorporates some of the ideas that your players have already thought about and the which is empowering when you occasionally like know their mind and whatnot also <laughs> here's the thing if you if your players are calling your shots like literally play by play mm-hmm you might want to really think about what you're going up, well, up to because uh, now you're but that gives me a stellar idea have the players call the shots almost like 90% of the yeah, time. Yeah, that's called House of the Blooded. No, no, no. Not not from a narrative perspective of just let them run the game, but like have their like, oh, they had this table talk. They had this idea. Mm-hmm. Let them get used to the idea of always kind of being right. Mm-hmm. And then the they're switch. not. And then they're like, oh, you thought I have been w- duped the entire time. You no. thought that was how it worked, but it don't. <laughs> oh, my petard. <laughs> is that a hoisting yeah, I see? Yeah, it's a hoisting by the own petard, yeah. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there's there's another I mean there's there's all sorts of ways to to sort of uh pull the old switcheroo. Um Yep. I ran a I ran a play uh, it, it didn't go very long uh and it didn't actually go long before the twist. Um I ran a play by email campaign that used the uh the Now Chronicles of Darkness world. Mm-hmm. Uh the 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 rule book 
Um, and it went for a good long while with the players, like interacting with this weird world that didn't seem to make sense. Um, uh, and, uh, eventually they, they realized that they were in, they were in literally the matrix, mm. like the movie, the movie franchise, the matrix. <laughs> yeah. You told uh, me about this yeah. one. Oh dear. And, uh, and oh dear. It, it was a couple, it was a couple iterations back from Neo, <laughs> Uh, and and that sort of revelation. Yeah, because that came from the idea that uh, when in the number two, I, no matter how you feel about the sequels, they put they sprinkled some ideas about there were other iterations of the Matrix, and they were weirder, like werewolves and werewolves. yeah, werewolves and vampires, and yep. so that's what you were playing with. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it was using the sort of the expectation of I'm in a weird, dark, supernatural world, but actually, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all computers. Uh, yeah. Um, something I heard recently um, about sort of the most classic GM grind uh, is of dice fudging. Um, like, you know, you know, throw, changing some things around behind the screen to, to further the, the table. And I heard a piece of advice that, that I, I, I had to think about for a while. Um, and the advice was when you like fudge dice in your, in your player's favor, never, ever tell them. Yeah. Uh, because it that that's a that's a one way ticket to disempowerment town mm-hmm. um you you want them that that's a that's a lie you tell for the good of harmony yeah, uh, yeah that yeah. that no you guys actually you guys pulled it through you you didn't you know the 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 dragon yeah the dragon could have used his fire breath but for some reason he you, didn't optimally use his uh, his, his action combination yeah, exactly. to whoop your ass oh well that's and, and i guess Jamming tips and good jamming ideas yeah. are can kind of be uh, sort mm-hmm. of incorporated uh, in this I'll conversation. If let your villains, let your bad guys have have the flaws, have make mm-hmm. the, as you said, don't optimize every single well, thing. Well, uh, in the most recent game I ran, I they uh, one of the I you know guys, I, I know this is going to be a great revelation to you guys. I fucking love kung fu. I love. <laughs> You know all that stuff. Legend of the Wu Lin, one of the great, one of the great games. Not great mechanics. Great. I game. just want to insert like a sound effect from Kung Fu Panda right now. I love Kung Fu. But one of the places that the players went to in my game is where literally everyone was, you know, a monk, mm-hmm. which is you know the closest you're going to get in D and D world. But it's all it's Kung Fu Town, and they had to deal with martial artists who had some very specific and very nasty skill sets. And I had to, after reading what they were capable of and realizing that it's like, okay, the CR says this, but God, no. God damn. Yeah, it's one of those, God damn. Okay, so that guy missed his footing a little bit that time because he didn't do his seven-star, you know, punch that stuns you for a round and you have to, like, you basically just lose your turn over and over again while I beat you up. Because... There's literally nothing in the entire world more disempowering than lose your turn. Yeah, like that is it's a yeah. shitty mechanic. It's a bad mechanic, and Aeon has it. It kind of does. It kind of does. It bit. has conditions that you that you there have to buy there off. there are ways in Black Crusade for that to happen, but there are ways to mitigate it, like drugs well, you can take and other I, effects. I mean, okay, Aeon has the taken out condition, well, which is what which is what puts you down for the count, but. That's instead of being dead. That's true. No, what I'm, I'm talking about like paralysis conditions. Oh yeah, I mean that's like true. That. It's there. That you basically have to. I think you have to like roll a resistance. You have to yeah buy that, off a complication, or you just don't do nothing. Yeah, I mean that, that sort of shit's rare, but oh, it's but there. The, that's the mitigating factor. You have options. You do have a way out. But, yeah, and you have to really figure it uh, out. Actually, that's another good idea. 
um, and very similar to the very first idea mm-hmm. you had. Have a way out. Have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Things, as James just recently uh, figured out, things don't go the way you plan in a game, period, yeah, in a story, a, period. A little hint. He, he, I did something that made him say, you know, we're probably just going to have to call it right now because I need a week or two to think about this. Yeah, mm-hmm. he needed a minute on mm-hmm. that one. Uh, and so that's that's another thing. Have a backup plan. Have some idea of like, if they do X, mm-hmm. do this, or if they do Y. That's always when you're coming up with your story ideas. Scenario coming up with a scenario is I, is critical mm-hmm. than rails. I always kind of gave like three three paths, yeah. and mm-hmm. like I'll only develop like it, it, it's a pacing thing, right? Like mm-hmm. okay, oh yeah, that's a trick. Pacing, like when you choose to end the game, is actually a part oh, of yeah, it. yeah. That's just like, the characters have made a major uh, I'll, decision. I'll admit it right now. That's one of the single hardest things to learn how to do as a GM. Well, how to manage your time. Now we can have another episode that we talked about earlier about con games and the But in this case what I'm more referring to is like learning how to pace your game in such a way that around the right time when you when we're wrapping up for the day, the characters are gonna make the decision that informs probably what you're doing next. Yep. Yeah. And that's I I had to do that quite a bit because I would be like, hey, there's three different there's a couple of options you can do here. We're gonna do this one. Okay, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> I have to go. I have to go do the orc pub things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of my favorite ones, and it's one that I've I've yet to be able to to try and replicate. Um, yeah, from the Play Dirty uh, series, um, was um, essentially a, a sort of an alternate timeline side quest um, where this person was playing. Uh, like a, this uh, kind of an invincible sword princess kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, a, she was a young player. Um, and she, she wasn't getting, she wasn't, it wasn't being as serious uh, as the, the tone of the game was. She was kind of being frivolous and whatnot. So the, the storyline that, that, that basically got run through, and I'm not going to go over the whole thing, but, but the, the crux of it, the thing that really, um, intrigued me was that it, it led into a situation where all the other players played alternate characters um, with the understanding that in this storyline, each of them was going to die for her to protect Ooh. her. I, to, I remember him to, talking to, about to put, this one. To push her, her closer to where she needs to be. And that notion that, that sort of that contract with the players of this is, this is a story in which you have an end, um, where this this is moving towards something. I, that's that was always very potent to me, and I've, I, I I had some ideas about how to implement some of that stuff, uh, but it never really came to pass. Yeah, they that's and also that's actually two pronged. You're teaching the people that are helping you mm-hmm. sort of the idea of stories end, mm-hmm. stories have a conclusion, and you're helping me get this other player to where where the game will be more fun for everyone mm-hmm. involved. And that's another sort of thing that GM is be and this is very advanced perspective on GMing is sort of socially engineering mm-hmm. to get a player, not the character, yeah. the player in the right position to be a more uh uh productive and sort of mm-hmm. cooperative member of the party. This is not for lightweights. Don't do it more times. Oh, yeah, you have no. to be extremely perceptive and understand the idea of how people work. And generally, you can only do it to people you consider very close friends oh, yeah, that you absolutely. understand their psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's another thing. And that's g- g- good GMing is just play to the pl- – sometimes the old adage of um, play the players, not mm-hmm. the characters. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, the idea of you, if you're likely your best friends, they're not just randos, mm-hmm. or at least some of people you have a decent idea of who they are and what they're all about. Think about why they're playing those characters and what they are trying to get out of the game, because that will aid you in the type of story you should probably try to tell where they'll get the most out of it. Doesn't mean you like give over to their whims or Mm -hmm. indulge their power fantasy, but it's the idea of this will give them the most entertainment when you're trying to do other things for them. Well, it's it's like the, um, once again, I'm going back to something that John Wick put in there is, uh, you know, if you look at Batman, like a role playing game, um, you know, one of Batman's big things is he, he, he doesn't use guns. So where where do you get your most dramatic tension in? You put a gun in Batman's hand. Right. And see... And, you and, give him that temptation. You, well, you, you just put him in that scenario where you put you have to put his money where his mouth is. Right. Um, and it, that's, that's true. That's knowing... And again, another good just GMing uh, tip and good practice is understand the characters too because that's going to inform a lot of it if you got a whole bunch of parties was it uh there's one of the D groups is nothing but fighter characters oh my god no literally it's it'll a, work out yeah they're like the jock squad or they're, they're, they're pretty good it's yeah, pretty good ch- actually. chipper shredders they're, yeah. just, they're just a chipper shredder yeah and i'm like that's a cool but that means okay look at those characters they're all fighter classes so guess what's going to happen there's going to be a whole bunch of fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm in a game right now where all Space Marines, and one of the themes is like, well, you're all Space Marines. Okay, there's going to be combat, because that's what you guys primarily do, is combat. Mm-hmm. And you can survive heavy combat, so we're going to do lots of that. So if somebody's playing a really smart character or a very insightful character, like a Batman character, like you may want to put a mystery or two in there. Mm-hmm. Something for them to figure out, because they probably want to feel smart. Oh, oh, trust me. This or, is the, or a tactical difficulty. Indeed. Yeah. That you have to think through. I mean, y'all y'all are y'all are space marines in Aeon. And I do. Yeah. Be, I do. Yeah. I do believe I'm the smartest one, which puts me in a... Well, on paper, yes. On paper, I'm the smartest one. <laughs> hey, don't, don't hate because I have a, a cheerful southern accent, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's very disarming. It's very disarming. He's very disarming. His face is half melted. Very disarming. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having to hold back uh, because I do have a dirty bastard trick oh. in, in, in Aeon. Is it the dirty bastard trick that like we uh, kind of got revealed? Oh, no, the, no. It's, 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 getting, it's, oh, it's, it's down it's, the line. Oh, boy. yeah. Uh, <laughs> for me, for me, I am a dirty bastard trick because that's what a clear sentient does mm-hmm. is literally a manifestation of dirty bastard tricks because mm-hmm. literally I have a reset button. I have a save point. He, he does. Yeah. I have I'm one have, save. I have a save point. I'm going to have fun with that. Yeah. It's going to oh, screw. Oh, man. Like I, like I said, when, when you run up into the time manipulator, that out of play you know is coming oh, down the line. My head is going to explode. Uh, what other cool jamming tricks that exist? I mean, there's obviously uh, other resources that you can go to to find all kinds of good suggestions out. Uh, but anyway, I guess sort of sort of one of my general methodologies is I love puzzles, uh, mm-hmm. but not in the not in the like Rubik's cube kind of ways. Like I like logic puzzles. I like I like putting a mystery out there that. Um, is just difficult enough that players can't just see it coming a mile away. But when they're on the other side of the mystery, they can look back and say, oh, okay, so that's what that was, and that's what that was, and that's what that was. That's a Scott Cuban pro tip there, because that's a that's another sort of advanced thing of... One of the one of the pitfalls of being a GM, I guess, mm-hmm. is sometimes you... Especially if you've done it for a while, or you're a younger person, like when I did this... I felt I knew all the answers and could do all the things. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as smart as I thought I was. 
and things aren't the way, then don't go the way I expect them to, and that can be extremely frustrating. Or if you have the smart ass in the group who's been keeping their shit to themselves the whole time, so when the whole thing's revealed, it's like, woohoo, I knew it. And yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's I think I think my my ideal situation, and it's happened with both of these people, is that um, that you they you when they're on the cusp of the mystery, they've got about ninety percent of it figured out. Yeah. Um, and they, they generally know what's up. It's that last 10% that, you know, you've had to use dirty GM tricks to withhold, uh, that, that is the key component, the thing that, that really pulls it all together. And that, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to tell you, tell you how to do that. That sort of has to be something that you yourself are good at long-term thinking, uh, like sort of, you know, the, the flow chart of, of a, of a complicated mystery or no, um, n- realizing that things are happening. Like the world is moving mm-hmm. while your players are doing shit and how much is it moving while that's happening? Yeah. I mean that, that's actually one of the biggest balances and this is, this is um, uh, particularly true in, in a, in a buffer LARP or a, or a salon LARP uh, is you have to balance the notion of the game ha- is the, what the game is, is what the play PCs are paying attention to. Yes. Like that's a big thing. But at the same time, I'm of the opinion that the world should not necessarily like be a giant clockwork that's moving constantly and everything's constantly changing, but there should be some stuff going on in the background. Yeah. Uh, there should be, should, should pieces should be moving and there should be consequences for ignoring things. Uh, as I think I got the right term for this is you can't let the game become solipsistic around the players and yeah. their characters mm-hmm. because the game shouldn't just be about the players. It should be about them and the world. Yeah. I mean, because the, the, the world the, is its own sort of, is its own yeah, character. The, the, if you want the world, because if it's all just what the players are looking at at this moment, then the world the world isn't as fleshed out as it could be. Yeah, and that is something I did at but the previous game I ran online for people. I took a copious amount of notes and planned out the adventures ahead of time. It helped that they weren't super powerful characters mm-hmm. yet, so they can't have they don't have a lot of options, so I can kind of put them down in and funnel them where I want mm-hmm. them to go, more or less. I still gave them tons of options. But the idea of making the world larger and actually it's another good DM trick. If you are introducing sort of new cultural elements to mm-hmm. your game, you want to really give a cool mystery or repurpose and repackage things. Something I did for my Black Crusade game is very briefly, a lot of people who know 40k are aware of what daemons are and corn and all the gods and all that blah blah blah. What I did was in the, on this world, I gave them different names. I mm-hmm. gave them different attributes. You could easily peel it, rub it off, and you know what I'm do- going with, but I gave them different ideas and the religions of the world sort of put a new vent spin on them so that the people, when I talk to my players about it, they're like, I'm not 100% sure. I think I know what he's going for, but mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a mystery. There's a little bit something I can dig and sort of get a better, bigger idea of what the bigger picture is. Mm-hmm. And I, that's another thing is... Uh, Feel free. It's the non-creative part. Uh, theft is I use some like Aztec mythology sure. to sort of inject hey, it right into the game. Filing off the serial number, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 reminded of a story that I think Ryan can probably tell better of 
uh, a never never after game where the the antagonist was revealed to be literally Satan. Oh yes, Mr. Black. Yeah. <laughs> um I was not part of that game, but it is it is a legendary <laughs> thing in which um part of Never After is that they have like playing cards that have like different severities of things that happen depending on the color of the card and you get a reward and something will happen in the world depending mm-hmm. on your red reds, you know, minor, usually positive for the player. Blue is aggressively neutral purple is shit 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 (laughs) and i believe a confluence of purple cards were all dropped at one time Mm -hmm. that led to it's like i guess the game's about to end this guy you've known for like nine Mm -hmm. million sessions actually satan actually planned this you've got to fight him now nice (laughs) the literal christian devil yes yes ladies and gentlemen (laughs) and Um. that's another thing let Chaos be a guide sometimes. Mm-hmm. Let things be random because if they're random, no one can expect them. Not even you. Yeah. Um, you could have options, but you don't know where, where the wind will blow and the players will. I told the blowing up the moon story before. It, that was random. That was literally a roll to die and I figured out what was going to happen and that changed the world. So allow, allow that to help you make a decision, especially if you're on a log game as a GM. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't know what to do. And also, out of play, listen to your players. They may have helpful suggestions. Mm-hmm. Like, you see, we were looking at James, and James is like, well, James is having a hard time figuring out what the hell to do. Let's offer some mm-hmm. helpful suggestions to sort of keep things going. As well, this wasn't like a knock against him. It was just like, we want to help make the world f- move forward. Yeah, let... let, let um it's the you know let let the let your players spend some time in your chair, like yeah. not a lot, no, just a little. Yeah, and some games allow you to do that, like House of Blood. That's oh, almost entire. You're you're barely a referee in that game. Yeah, you're 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 very much a. a well, that's a, that's an interesting thing is that, especially in the LARP, um, a GM, the GM's uh, place in the game, is the role of a servant. Um, and, and you're there to facilitate things and, and basically your players will, if, if, if set up appropriately, a houses of the blooded LARP can almost, you can almost just sit, sit back and drink my ties. Yeah. You're, and, and it will, it will run itself. So the one time we did run houses of the blood as a tabletop, that was an interesting experiment because we saw what an aggressive houses of the blooded game can look like. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't exactly designed to be that aggressive. But it can get that aggressive. I have literally never played it. Like, it's I, so good. I, I, I it's know very good. Literally it, everyone I know mm-hmm. whose opinion I respect has, and some whose I don't, <laughs> <laughs> have told me that this game is the tits. I would like to play it sometime. Um, well, we will maybe we'll put that as a as a as a patron content in the future. We'll put that on the well when out. the second edition, which is coming Some, out sometime, sometime soon. Uh, when it comes out, I'm sure that that'll be on our docket. Uh, definitely on the docket because if you're playing Houses of the Blooded, you are both player and GM at the exact same oh, yeah, time. It, it is. Be prepared to have both those hat. You literally hat on hat. A hat on a hat. Yeah, hat yeah, on a hat. It, it, it's collaborative narrative AF. If, uh, everyone has to be at their A game of just the idea of we are collectively doing this. Let's all make the best narrative that we can because if anyone gets a little uppity one way or another, it starts tilting in a very particular direction and it starts escalating things. Neat. Yeah, it's very neat. Uh, we're I got a, sort of a mechanical suggestion sure. that was that was explained to me by Matt Koval because I've really gotten into like listening and watching all of this stuff that I really enjoy. 
one of the things, and John Wick, and he learned this, I think, from John Wick, was the idea of, uh, you know how you roll, you decide what you want to do oh, and yeah, roll? Yeah. There's another, reverse that. Roll and let the player dictate based on the role what they do. I really like that way better, actually. I, yeah. I want to experiment it's, with it. I it's, really it's, do. Uh, it's move and roll versus roll and move. Right. Roll and move. That's it, it used just straight up D&D well, as an it's, example. It's, it's along the lines of like, okay, so I rolled a 15. It's uh, a pretty good roll. A, that's a pretty good roll. I, I think I'll use that on an attack. Right. Uh, or I rolled a three. Um yeah, let's I'm going to move over here and give him a potion because that requires yeah, exactly. no roll yeah, at all. Right. I'm I'm going to say that this dice roll is irrelevant. It, it, I'm going to do some, all non-rolled actions. Some will argue, of course, a, a hardcore D&D player will argue that that probably takes the teeth out of a D20, but I'm but um, I'm of the opinion that it needs it. Defang that motherfucker because yeah. it is a Harsh mistress. It can be very harsh. It's a motherfucker. What's well, one die? That's that's actually the critical part. It, yes, over many, many, many rolls, the, it all averages out. It all becomes a nice, perfect bell curve. But that a, do, that's not. It like, doesn't feel. It doesn't it feel, that feel way. like that. Hey, Try a d hundred. As it, oh go, my god. As it goes I've, to, I've a, done it. <laughs> I don't actually know what the stati- what the a number of rolls is required to hit the actual like statistical average for all of it, but it's not a number you're going to roll anytime soon, a number of, any number mm-hmm. of times. Yeah. Uh, another one that sort of goes off that, another thing that Matt Koval was saying is an idea of uh, just an easy sort of way of managing the table is two things. One, let your players count how much damage they've been doing to the bad, to the, to the, to the bad guy. Hmm. You don't have to track it. Let yeah. them, they will they will feel more involved if they are tracking stuff. And you go, how much damage have all of you done? Oh, you did 50? Okay, it's gone. I don't have to do it. They do it. Uh, the second thing, which is, oh crap, I just had it in my head. But, that also, uh, uh, while he's thinking, that also abstracts the idea that your characters are actually competent warriors yeah. and yeah. actually can like, tell when something's yeah. hurt. Oh, he's, he's, he's looking pretty big. Oh, like, that was it. Thank you. Thank you for giving me that nice sort of break. Uh, let my brain reboot. Um, it's okay to let your players kind of know like the ACs, the DCs of something, like how difficult something in that. If, if like they roll a three, it's not likely that they hit mm-hmm. just, Oh, and, but it, you only have to really work. If they rolled a 15 or a 16, they likely hit. That way, they only have to pay attention on their die. They go, I have a small band of like five digits. This is assuming D&D. Game, other games will be different. But like five digits that I have to actually pay attention to and do the math on. Like if I rolled a 18, okay, just go, just move on. You roll, you hit, fine, moving on. And you can, obviously that gets a little easier the higher level they go because of all the numbers that are involved. But the general idea is just let it be easier and faster by just saying there's a narrow band. It's like, seems right. Let's keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Let seems right. Let's move. And that's probably what... Like, the, don't, don't think... Like, if it's like a... If like, well, that's probably a 15 in my head, and he rolls like a 9, and you're like, yeah, close enough. Let's yeah. Go. Good enough. I don't want to stop the game. That's anymore. actually where I think a lot of the systems where uh, the succeed with consequence yeah. and that kind of stuff has really, like, spawned out of. is like, good enough even, is hand wave. Even failing forward, though, it's like... If you overthink it too again, the whole idea of failing forward is that you don't like 100% hit the brakes and like, okay, well, I guess we don't. We're, we're useless. We're, we're stopping for a second here. So even failing forward, I, I I think it's a failure if if failing forward takes as long as if you had failed to think about. So keep that in mind when you're you know implementing a system. Yeah, 
Um, and those are just those are some mechanical ideas. I mean, you can adapt them to any game depending on what you're playing. So just just keep that in mind. Um, I'll eat your proteops. Yeah, proteop, proteops. Someday, someday, someday. But I think that's about it. Does anyone else have any like critical ideas or other last minute? Tips? Those are some sick grinds, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sick, sick dunks. Yeah, I wish I knew skating terms, but I don't because I'm not cool. Claim that cube. Clean it. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, it has been great. Oh, uh, before we get out of here, I want to thank uh, Vicious Mockery, the fellows that will likely be at the panel with us at DragonCon. Thank you for the shout out on Twitter. I We really appreciate it. Um, and we look forward to talking I, with you I guys. Wish we, I wish we as a group had more active Twitters. I suck at it. I'm so yeah, I'm sorry. Real bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm an old, I I'm, guess. I'm better at reading it now, but I just... I, uh, I'm on it a lot, but I need to do more with it. I'm going to try to do more with it. Just face, Facebook helps me share hot memes better. Hot uh, memes. Oh, yeah. I need my supaishi memes. Yeah. Uh, you... Scott is definitely a... Oh, he's a meme lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just I, I, I have a lot of them coming at me. So figure I think there's a way and this this is just totally non sequitur. Try to see if you can connect the Facebook stuff, meme stuff with Twitter. That way you can just go directly to Twitter and that way you can be a spicy meme lord on Twitter. There are ways to do that. There have to be. Yeah, there there are. They're annoying. But But anyway. Anyways, that's not here nor there. Uh, From everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to give feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you'd really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivisMallCav. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. You want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.